0: All right, so I just hit record right now because what I'm learning about these podcasts is that it's best just to hit record early because a lot of times we're just talking before we even hit record and next thing you know, you know, 10, 15 minutes went by and we're like, hey, wait a minute, we should hit record (laughs) because we just had a good conversation about something. So this is episode, where are we at? 14 of the Homestead Shop Talk and this is just uh, Alumna Acres. Uh, Ben from Holler Homestead and myself, Jason from Sow the Land. And this is just a few guys and we're just decided to call each other on the phone and record it. So we're just having a conversation, (laughs) you know, talking about stuff and talking about just various topics. And so today's topic, I think we're all excited about this one. So it's (laughs) about, so if YouTube was not around and no inter- no internet basically i guess no internet um, so we couldn't make an income from youtube or any internet based business what what do we want to do is it what would we want to do or what we think we would be doing
1: <laughs> i guess it could be both Man. like what would you want to do yeah and well, yeah what do you think you would be doing i think it's going to be a fun conversation kind of seeing like what everybody has to say and, like if make me be like, oh, I never even thought of that, you know, kind of thing.
2: This actually brings up a
1: lot of, uh,
2: interesting things. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. I'll, I'll wait. All right. So this week I've been working on the workshop and I was epoxy in my workshop floor. So maybe I was like smelling too many fumes, but I swear I had a respirator on (laughs) and this, this idea just popped into my head. Like man, if, if we couldn't make money from YouTube, or if the internet, you know, wasn't available cuz that's how we make our our living right now is what would I want to be doing. So I'm not going to go into any more of that, but that's how that that topic came up. I was just like mindlessly rolling epoxy on my shop floor in in deep thought, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So my shop floor is epoxy. That's a job that isn't very fun, but it's one of those things like it's nice to have the concrete floor epoxied because concrete, it seems like no matter how often you clean it, it's always dusty. If you want to harvest animals on it, you know, it's doesn't clean up easy. So to have the epoxy on it, we can do lots of different things and not have to worry about having a mess anymore. So we're excited to get that done. And then I, after that, I started doing some roadside maintenance and it, I broke a door on my tractor. And then oh. a little while oh. later I broke the mower. <laughs> oh.
2: Man when it <laughs> rains it pours.
1: So, right? It sure does. So I called it quits on that project. And I said, you know what? We'll come back to this another day.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you start breaking stuff, or you start forgetting things, or you start getting hurt, it's like, Okay, I need to stop.
1: <laughs> right. You just get frustrated. It's like, nope, just walk away, come back a different day and it'll get yeah. better. <laughs> So it's getting dark here. I don't know about you guys, but it's getting dark here really early now. So we're having to move the cows in earlier because our cows, especially the calf does not like walking in the dark. So we calf share, but we bring the mother and the cow into like the barnyard and we put the the calf into a barn stall and the mom stays out. But so we have to do it like a half hour earlier right now because I don't know, it's like a fight when it gets dark out with him to walk him down the road. So we're kind of trying to change up the chores a little bit when we want to move pasture, we have to set up pasture. So before the summer we'd bring the cows in and then we'd set up pasture the night before, and then in the morning we'd have everything set up. So now we have to do it in the afternoon, set up a second pasture. After we bring the cows in, we got to take down the other pasture, move everything. So that way we're not doing it in the morning. It's like, man, I'm missing the summer daylight already.
0: Yeah yeah sorry are, are you done with your shop then i mean you're i mean you're done you're like what's the next step
1: i got a guy coming out to give us a price for spray foam insulation we got to insulate it um we got to get the solar installed we're waiting for deliveries of the pan solar panels the solar components like the inverters and batteries those i they're shipped i just hope they're not lost because it's been like a week and we haven't seen them yet <laughs>
2: yeah bummer
1: yeah so there's a bunch of bunch of things still we need to do but all the outside stuff at least is done that's kind of my week <laughs> wrapped up a little bit right there
0: we were in Washington DC for a few days and we just got back this week and it's good to be back
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I don't know if we just got used to you know, it's e- it's easily it's easy to get used to your little bubble here, you know, and not go anywhere, you know, especially more rural area, you know. Um, so going to Washington D.C., man, that's like we're in the heart of it, um, <laughs> and there was so many people, which is it was neat to see, but then it was like crazy because there were so many people walking around, there was a lot of people running. A lot of people walking to look like they're walking to work. Um, and then a lot of people were walking their dogs, like, and there's so many, like it was unbelievable. (laughs) Um, or they were, uh, you know, walking their kids to school or whatever. And, and then they had, you know, a bunch of cars everywhere. And then you had, uh, you know, these, um, scooters. And bicycles, like electrical scooters and electric bikes. So you could rent them and rather than walking, you could just hop on a scooter, rent it to where you got to go and just drop it off. And so like all these things, all these like things were happening as you're driving down the road. And I felt like it was like I was going to get in a wreck any minute (laughs) because like everyone was flying at you. And it it was just kind of funny to like, like, am I not used to this or? we didn't there was none of i feel like it was it it wasn't that many people in in a city but maybe it's just washington dc i don't know but i felt like it was just super crowded um but we went to the museums and it was pretty cool seeing uh the different museums out there um but the actual museums like uh the natural history museum smithsonian area uh there was not a whole lot of people so we went at a perfect time um but it was just the streets itself like where we stayed at was super busy but but it was it was cool it was cool to see that but then it's going to be back home too i'm still working on that uh big old rain tank i'm trying to hook up this week uh hopefully i can finish that this week but i feel like it's taking way longer than what i expected um But yeah, I just get into the groove of that and yeah, that's about it. What was your favorite part of Washington, D.C.? The national I think it was a natural history museum. They had like an actual house in the museum. Like it was this old house from, I think it was built in the 1700s or something. I think originally it was from Virginia. And I mean, they didn't have the whole entire house in there, but they had a majority of it. and you couldn't walk inside the house, but you could just like kind of look at it, look inside. But um, they had like the history of the house. Like, I guess at one point, I mean, it was a big house and it was, um, it wasn't like a a log cabin. I mean, it looked like a well-to-do family maybe lived there. But I guess apparently at one time there was five families living in this house. And then I don't know how they got this stuff, but like, the, there was somebody lived there that like actually like wrote a journal and they kind of went through the years, kind of like the history of the house. Like what did everyone do in the house? You know, what was their roles? What, what were they responsible for? Um, you know, what did they, what did they did for a living? Um, and it was just kind of neat to see that and then see the transition from year to year to year as it went on. Um, I think the way it got to the museum is they were going to bulldoze it. I I forget what year, maybe in the sixties or something to make a parking lot. And there was a group of people say, Hey, no, wait, this is a historic home. Don't do that. You know? And (laughs) so I think they called the museum and was like, Hey, do you want this house? And so they said, yeah, but it's just kind of crazy to see the history of the house. And that was pretty neat. Um, I feel like there should have been more of that type of thing, but I imagine that's probably super hard to, to get, especially finding the history of a home from way back then. That's amazing. Um, so that was cool. Um, you know, I saw, I saw a payphone. It was in the museum. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I remember one of those. I think there's one over here somewhere like down down. There's one down the street somewhere around here. I saw (laughs) there
2: is one around here. Uh, I just saw it the other day. It's down there by the post office.
1: Does it still work?
2: No, the phone's all ripped apart, (laughs) but the, the, like kiosk (laughs) is still there.
0: Yeah, it was, it was cool. It was cool to see all that stuff. And you know, of course all the, you know, old dinosaur bones and stuff like that. That was pretty neat too. Um, you know, they had a mummy there that was cool. So I highly recommend it going at least once and it's all free. The museums are free, which is crazy. Cause that's a lot of stuff to look wow. at and it's all free. Um, except, uh, it did, we did go to a spy museum, which was cool. That was not free, but I think it was a new museum and, uh, that one was cool too. Cause it had all this like, sp- like old spy stuff, I guess. It kind of got me paranoid, like, man, everybody's a spy. (laughs) I was like, I didn't realize there was so many spy stuff. But it was cool.
1: That's what you know about now. Think about what they are not telling you about. I
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. All right. So
2: my week, I wish I had something more interesting to report uh, as we're closing out the garden. Uh, It's just like, we're ripping stuff out, making big compost piles, and it feels good to be done with garden season this year. Uh, uh, today, we picked the last of our bell peppers and ripped out the plants. Um, it's just stuff like that. We're just closing everything down. Um, we are planning our classes for this, uh, this fall, this winter. Um, I think we finally got the dates nailed down. Uh, we haven't officially announced the dates yet. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a busy fall guys. We're doing three classes. It's uh six, possibly seven pigs. If, uh, I'm feeling froggy, uh, we're going to be doing our cow in the middle of that. We're going to be doing, uh, meat birds. Like everything is just like, boom, 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 all, all together. So kind of, kind of psyching myself up for that. Uh, the pig classes are going to stretch into January. So it's like, man we're booked November, December and January. It's going to be it's going to be cool. I say booked. I guess we're booking we're we're you know booking all of this stuff. And you know, it's at our place so it's not like we have to go anywhere. I just have to walk down the hill to the barn. So, yeah, other than that, we're just like we're headed towards fall. The mornings have been nice and cool and crisp and it's just it's wonderful. It's just like, yes, here comes fall. I think fall's my favorite time of year. Uh, I like Yeah, it's kind of hard losing the daylight, uh, but I think the yep. the whole Equinox thing, you know, you've got same night and day length. It makes it easy because you can plan. Well, at least I can. I can plan stuff better. It's like I know it's going to be dark by, you know, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. Uh, get everything done before then. That kind of stuff. I, I really enjoy once it, you know, it, it just makes sense to me. It's like, you know. You eat dinner, it gets dark, like, I don't know. I, I am very much a creature of habit. I always have been. And having the same day and night length is just like, it makes sense in my brain. I don't know why I am this way, but that's how I am. But, yeah, I'm, I am I love this time of year. This, this is
0: what I live for. This is what I wait all year for is this time of year. It almost, yeah, it kind of forces you to, like, to stop, you know, because it's dark. Like, you know before you keep going to like 9 p.m. And then it forces you to slow down a bit.
2: Yeah, that's what I like. You get more rest. Uh, I like to say like winter's the time of year you get to hibernate. Uh, if it got any colder here, you, we really would have to shut down for winter. But, you know, it, it's not super cold. You know, the teens is cold. Uh, but it's nothing like what you guys have to deal with up north that's cold up there. So I guess that, that heads us on into the, uh, the topic, which, uh, the other day when Al messaged me, he messaged the group chat and he was like, Hey, what do you think about this? It got my wheels turning. Like, it's a really interesting subject. Like what would we do without the internet, without YouTube? Uh, it, it really, I'm looking forward to this discussion.
1: I guess for me, for me too, kind of, I guess thinking it's more of now that we've lived this lifestyle and if so, like for us, I think like we had to change from going from doing this to something else. Is there something you'd want to do differently than you were before? You know what I mean? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I think back to when, before when we're just starting out, what was I doing then? And if I liked doing those things. And for me, it'd be, you know, woodworking, you know, doing, you know, working with wood. I mean, you know, making custom stuff, you know, for people, whether it's, you know, early I never like made furniture or anything like that, but, you know, just small home good type things. But I think over time I could develop that skill and, and do more of that. And I think for me, it would be, I think, uh, woodworking, some, doing something with wood would be something I would want to do. Um, that's some, well, that's, I think that's more of something that say, if YouTube didn't, you know, do anything for us or any kind of internet, I think I would probably still be doing the woodworking stuff even more so now, um. Cause we even had, um, you know, we had a rented out a shop space in Asheville that we had for two years. And there's something very satisfying of creating something with your hands at your home and then taking it to a shop or a store. And then somebody coming in that you don't know buys it and takes it home because they love it. You know, like, there's something so satisfying with that. Um, and, you know, we didn't have to be at that shop space when we had it. It was kind of like in a big other, other people were there. Um, and so a lot of times I didn't know who would buy our stuff. But I would come in, like, the following week and just to see, like, hey, did somebody buy anything? And then, and then like, oh, yes, this lady bought this, you know table that you built, I'm like, wow, that's cool. But then I also was thinking another thing that I would, that I've thought about this before is just buy an ice cream truck and just be an ice cream <laughs> man. And <laughs> cause it, cause I, I don't see them around here. I think I maybe seen one before, but back in California, there'd be an ice cream truck, you know, with music you know, drive it around the neighborhood every day, And then all the kids would be like, Ben knows, uh, you know, all the kids would be like, Hey, stop. I want ice cream. And then they all run out and then you, you stopped your truck and then they all come out and you sell them some ice cream. Like, I, I've even looked on Facebook marketplace for old ice cream trucks at one point. <laughs> Cause I was like, <laughs> it sounds so simple and fun. I don't know why, but, like so doing something like that, I think I would, I would love to do. Yep. I don't. We used to have the
1: That's ice cream hilarious. trucks back when we were growing up as kids. Summertime.
0: Oh, you had those Al?
1: Yep. Okay. Where I grew I imagine, up, we had
0: Yeah. I imagine it's a, might be a seasonal thing, but. Yep. <laughs> but then maybe I could sell, uh, maybe it'd be like a store on wheels or something, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Sell local produce from farms, or right. you know, raw milk. You might be know. onto something there.
2: <laughs> Coffee like in the, the wintertime. roaming raw milk dealer. Yeah. <laughs> roaming raw
1: milk dealer.
0: Yeah, just go around and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna be here every Saturday. I'm gonna come by your house at night, eight a.m." <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fun. I don't know. I think it'd be neat. <laughs> So I guess the big one for me that I've always, that I was thinking about is I would want to do, learn more and get more into butchering. I don't know if I'd want to do, I wouldn't want to do the animal killing every day, but I would want to learn all that. You know, we know how to do all of our own butchering and meat cutting, but it'd be nice to be more proficient in it. And then we really need to be back or get back into like the meat cutting and meat, you know, the charcuterie end of it, more of like the butchery shop and just kind of learn some of the old school ways of meat curing and meat processing. And uh, that was one of the things I think I would, I would really be interested in for sure. <laughs> and I can see that being something that's, you know, it's always, always needed kind of thing. I know we went away from it for a while, but it seems like it's getting very pop. I don't wanna say popular, but something that's very needed and overlooked and super hard around here for people to get their animals processed and stuff. There's only a handful of butcher shops and most of them in our area are booked out for a year in advance.
0: I think it'd be cool to do a portable one. Like people like a portable butcher that would come to your place and do it there. I think that would be, that would, that could be something I think.
1: Right. I think it'd be nice to learn more of like the hearing. Yeah. So having like a mobile truck, basically.
2: yeah, Yep. Yeah. Set Having everything set up to where you can butcher, you know, you can handle everything on site. Uh, and some of these guys even have the setup, like they have a reefer truck and they can, you know, mm-hmm. pick up the animals, slide it inside the truck, and then they'll drive it to their place and hang it. That kind of, that kind of thing. Uh, we've, we've talked about doing that. That really intrigues me. I just, it's one of those things. If you do it for a job, uh, right? There's a difference between doing it as a job or doing it because uh, you have a love for it. And so I don't, I don't know if doing it for a living would suck the fun out of it. But I mean, I'm the same way. I, I would like this close to uh, going and picking up a a job cutting meat somewhere just so I can get more experience doing it. Like I'm I'm pretty proficient I'm at like, it, but it's just like, man, if I could just do this for a couple months or just like work at a butcher shop for just a couple months, it would just rocket me that much further. It would it would make it would raise my confidence level, that's for sure.
1: I'm like, Could you imagine doing it for a year? Like if you went and worked at a butcher shop and apprenticed at a butcher shop for a year. But most of the butcher shops around probably most butcher shops nowadays are you know, they're you got like you're cut and dry, it'd be nice to find a place to go apprentice that did it the way it used to be done for more of like the meat Mm -hmm. curing and the the different things that way for, you know, like, yeah, a few months to a year would be amazing. like you said, I don't know if it's something I'd want to do all of my life, the rest of, for the rest of my life, but it's something I would definitely love to learn and be more proficient in and have that skill and knowledge.
0: I like that. That's why I like the idea of being seasonal. Yep, Um, You know, maybe, maybe you don't do, that's the only thing, you know, well, I learned, that's what I learned living out here. Like after I left my office job, you know, I've always had just one good job, but ever since then, I like doing, like kind of going with the seasons, you know, Um, not just doing one thing. It, um, It just changes it up, you know? Like after, cause I, I, I just can't do videos all day, every day, you know, like I like doing the videos, but at the same time, I also like making something and like selling it at a booth or a a vendor spot or something like that. Like that's fun too. Um, spring, summer, I'm an ice cream guy. And then in the winter, (laughs) uh, I'm making woodworking stuff.
1: I always thought i mean it's youtube related but i always thought man it'd be kind of fun to make a video series and go like work at a brewery for six months to a year go work at a butcher shop for six months to a year i love learning new skills it'd be like that would be i could i would have fun doing that and just learning some odd jobs that you never even thought about and just kind of having like a video series on it
2: that would be really cool uh, let's see if i can put this thought together so actually when you sent that message and we were Talking about it a little bit, uh, it got me thinking. It's like, okay, so if we couldn't do YouTube anymore uh, and there was no internet, are we talking like like a like a dystopian future type of situation, or just we can't use the internet anymore? Because I mean, I I like this stuff. Let's talk about I mean, you that. <laughs> you so if it was a if it was a situation. I just will entertain this for a second, like, say the internet goes down and, you know, say, okay, how about this situation? Say an EMP goes off, uh, say nobody's driving anywhere. You can't, you know, make money on the internet anymore. There's no more Facebook marketplace. There's none of this stuff. Well, it kind of changes things. Uh, for me, it was like, okay, there's two situations, there's the hunker down survival situation. Can we survive off of our homestead? And then you know, there's I guess option B, which would be there's just no internet anymore. Uh, you know, we didn't didn't pay the internet bill, and now we're you know off the internet or whatever. Um, so I guess like with option one, that really got me thinking. Like, could we grow enough food to support? our family, you know, we're a family of seven. We got to grow a lot of food. I think we have the space for it. Um, we've already grown so much of our food. I think it's possible. Like I, I am, we're this close to like really biting the bullet and just like trying it for a year, be like, we're not buying anything from the store, you know, that kind of situation. I, I think we could, um, our animal situation would have to change. Um, We could definitely do grazing animals and stuff like that, but go to option B, we just can't use the internet. I don't know. I don't know if I would, you know, would I have to go find an off-farm job? Um, If I can't use the internet, it gets real hard to sell stuff uh, in a small community like we live in Um, because I immediately thought it was like, well, no problem, I'll go back to making knives. I'll go back to selling knives and stuff like that. Like that can be pretty lucrative. And then it got me. is like, well, I s- sold knives through Instagram. If there's no internet, there's no Instagram. So like that changes things. Um, one of the things I tell people, uh, when the subject of like YouTube and, you know, making money on the internet comes up, uh, really it's like, you know what? My toolbox has wheels on it. Uh If I had to go back to work for whatever reason, I would in a heartbeat um I really loved machining working in a machine shop uh but that's just not where I'm at right now uh but you better believe if right. if push come to shove and you know we have to worry about losing stuff or starving, well, you better believe I'm gonna take that toolbox to a shop. there's always the uh you know we start doing craft shows and stuff like that because Like Jason was saying, I I used to do craft shows, me and Meg both. She did the soap thing um, and I would sell my knives and craft shows were always pretty lucrative. Like it was really cool. Um, So I guess that's still kind of, you know, you're leaving, you're leaving to sell your stuff, but but we could definitely, uh, we could definitely pay some bills doing stuff like that. So, yeah. What do you guys think? What, what would happen if uh,
0: everybody was Amish all of a sudden? I think I'd probably be like a handy, more of a handyman and be like, hey, what do you need? You know, what do you need done? You know, I could build a greenhouse, you know, like you need a greenhouse built. I'll put a sign in front of your, all, all the things that you could do.
1: <laughs> I think in our climate, we'd have to come more carnivore for diets. I've kind of thought about that. Just even like eating local. Like, what would you have? Like, for us, like, we have such a short growing season. It's like you'd have to eat just mostly meat. You'd have to have, you know, a cow that was grazing to put your hay up. And then, you know, you'd have your milk, your butter, your dairy. But I mean, in the wintertime, you ain't going to be getting no veggies unless you stored it up. But we don't have a huge growing season. Like this year, we have. I was going to say, can you guys grow potatoes and like root this crops year we up had, there? Yeah, we can, but so like this year we had out of, what is there, 16 weekends in a summer, we ha- only had three weekends that didn't have rain or something crazy. So, I mean, like we had a huge mm-hmm. amount of rain, so our gardens didn't do much. We got some root crops, but all of our nice big potatoes we got, a lot of those were eaten by something. I don't know if it was a, you know, mice in the ground, holes or bugs, but like we hardly got any tomatoes, no cucumbers. They just went yellow. Um, squashes we did okay with, but, so it's kind of like think, just thinking like, even just like, if you had to eat local, like, it's like, man, there's, there'd be some rough times. I think we'd be eating a lot of meat, yeah. <laughs> which I'm not against, like I'm totally for that, but yeah. like, I'd kind of get a little boring after a while, but it just makes me think like, what did they used to do back in the day for, you know, when everybody's food sources were more localized. Like it's like, I don't know. I would think that our. Back in the day, back what people used to eat in our in the Northeast it must have been completely different than what you guys ate down in the Carolinas or in California.
2: You definitely eat different out here versus California. Like I've noticed that. Um, I don't know. It'd be one of those things. Like I'd give you know a hundred bucks to go back in time and just see how it was done, even just a hundred years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to see what people eat on a day to day. Like like you could learn so much yep. about how people live you know 100 years 200 years ago just what did it look like before refrigeration like obviously people figured yeah. it out and people have been doing it for hundreds of years but i think the thing that i keep coming back to is how the heck did we lose this we got electricity and refrigeration and all of a sudden if the power goes out we're all up a creek like that's a that thought right there is why i am learning You know, meat curing and charcuterie and all that stuff
1: is just for that reason. I know somebody who they're in their 60s and when they were born, the town that they were born in, that was the year they got electricity. So that wasn't that long ago. So what did they used to do? I mean, they had generators and stuff, but like what did that town and how did those people survive? You know, like the big one is just like how did or should I say how did people store and preserve their food year round kind of thing? Like, if you had a a cow, and you butchered that cow. Yeah, a lot of...
2: Well, what about a cow? You
1: know what I mean? Like, a a cow is a lot of meat, right? (laughs) Dry-aged, or I don't know. definitely be interested. You go back 100 years and see how it all, how everything worked. But it's kind of crazy how much knowledge we've lost in such a short time. I think we'd probably
0: rely on each other more like our neighbors. You got that. Right. You know,
1: there'd be more people looking for people like us saying like, Hey, where do we get our food? How do we do this? How do we do that? That's what I would think. But yeah, I think we, would be the ones being more people like us would be the ones being sought after the people that had the knowledge of growing food and raising and hunting. I think hunting would be huge. Trapping would be huge.
2: Sure. Yep. Yeah. would definitely make a comeback if it had to. Yeah, I had a neighbor tell me something interesting as probably like a year, year and a half ago, something like that. And, you know, we were talking about the events of 2020 and all that. And these are not the type of people that would ever grow any of their own food or anything like that. And one of them kind of laughing, one of them laughingly said, Oh, well, you know, if the going gets tough, we know where to go. You guys are, you guys are like the Amish. <laughs> And it was just kind of a, it's like, mm, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to turn away someone if they're hungry, but that's that's kind of a bad attitude to have is just, oh yeah, yeah, I, you got food, so I'll come to your place. it's like, that's true. Like, we'll totally feed someone hungry. We're not going to let someone starve. But I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. Uh, you know, they scope on who's got the food and who's doing the work and just assume they can you know they'll be fine because someone else is fine kind of the way i feel about it's like how about we all grow food we all build a community
1: and nobody starves and with that mindset the food wouldn't go very long yeah you know what i mean if everybody was going to somebody that had the food it wouldn't last which is scary to think about too (laughs)
0: Yeah. Cause it'd be like, I'll come to you because I want you to show me how to grow food, not because I want to take your food.
1: So I was just seeing, there was a, I haven't dived into it much though, but there's some kind of, in unity, Maine, there's some kind of, um, farming conference or something. This year they had 67,000 people show up to this Whoa. farm conference or something. Yeah. And unity, I mean, Maine's just, you know, country. I mean, Unity, Maine, is pretty not super far up there, but it's it's up there on the on the coast, so it's not like it's a suburban area. So I was when I just heard about that this week, I was like, "Wow, I I want to find out more information about it to go next year and check it out." But I was like, "That's a lot of people, sixty seven thousand people going to one yeah. event." That's a lot of people. That's a yeah. huge event. I mean, that's encouraging. That you know, yeah, for sure.
0: You wonder why are they there? Why, why, why do they want to go to learn how I think to do
1: this. I think it was an organic, an organic farmers association event that was put on or something now, I guess, where do you think other than books, do you think there's any place to go to learn old school meat curing? Like, could you think, do you think you could find any old nape old time neighbors or something that you could go, um, I guess maybe go Amish?
2: We could probably go to the Amish. We do have some Amish down here. Um, I've thought about seeing if I could, you know, just make contact, see if they'd be willing to share information. Um, Yeah, outside of books. Yeah, good luck. Uh, The last neighbor that we uh, we had that was he was uh, he was pushing ninety. He just passed away a couple months ago, and even talking to him, I was like, "You know how how did you live?" He he just kind of gave me a vague answer, like he I don't think he understood what I was asking him. Uh, you know, he said they had a smokehouse, and then they always grew a real big garden when he was a kid. Um, but I think it's hard to convey people. It's like, hey, how do I live the way you used to, you know, now? Uh, it's just, it's a foreign (laughs) concept to a lot of people. Why would anybody want to live the way I did when I was a kid? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, There's a lot of uh, the older generation, like I guess it would be like my grandparents' generation or great-grandparents' generation. A lot of them think it's kind of crazy that someone would want to live doing the things that we're doing now. Some of them think it's cool, though. Some uh, older people we've talked to they think it's really cool that you know we're I guess returning to the old ways so I don't know outside of books I don't know where you can find this information
0: right you'd have to really put yourself out there and then really ask around I haven't I have not met anybody that does that or did that Um, yeah I don't know that's tough. Yeah,
1: I don't, I never met anybody. I've, I know of a ton of hunters, you know, that will grind their own meat and they do everything, but it's all, you know, grind it, make it into sausage and in the freezer, it goes that kind of thing. Yep. So it's like, what did we used to do? You know, I've seen like shows and stuff, but it's like, I don't know the, I don't know if over in Europe, you know, if they're still bigger into the stuff because a lot of people over in Europe, like smoke and cure their own, their own meats. I don't know if they just do it because they like the taste or if it's for, food storage because they don't have very big refrigerators over in Europe. A lot of those people they go to the grocery store and go to the markets almost daily for fresh food. So they live a different, so like I guess that might be maybe one place to kind of look more into is Europe over in Europe or Germany or something maybe.
0: Yeah. You probably have to go, go to Italy or something.
1: Right. <laughs> Ireland. Road trip o- off topic a little bit, but speaking of Ireland, we found a new vet. Cause the vet in our area that we used to use is no longer doing it. And this was ai don't know how old she is, but she's a younger girl. So I'd say she's probably in her thirties. She had her first, her, she studied her four veterinary years of college over in Ireland at a, and she worked at a sheep farm. So we were talking to her and she was saying that the sheep over there, at least for the farm that she worked at, never got worms or parasites because it was bred into them because over you know because i was like isn't ireland wet you know and goats and sheep over here like they have wicked bad parasite issues she's like yeah she's like they just it's been bred in bred into them for so long they don't have that issue And i was like you know what? we need to get some of those sheep over here and it was kind of funny she kind of chuckled and her gears must be spinning she's like you can't import live animals from ireland so i think she's trying mm-hmm. to think of like how to how like how to get AI or semen or something over here and start doing their own, her own flock. But it's like, man, some places still have, or, you know, they still have the old ways that they've been doing it for long enough. They still have that heritage. We're over here in the U S seems like we don't have that anymore.
0: Wasn't like somebody like Greg Judy, you know, doesn't he have sheep like that or something?
2: Yeah. Supposedly he's got some, some genetics that, uh, are real parasite resistant i don't know how true that is because i mean parasites are kind of a local thing like what works in one climate might not work in another
0: so uh, i'm not sure on that no that's interesting though i wonder how long it would take to do your own raise your own sheep or whatever animal so they get used to your area and then bred parasites right out of them
1: I mean, it's got to take, I think it's got to take decades yeah. to do that kind of stuff. You know, and over in Ireland, they, in England and stuff, they've been raising sheep forever.
0: You got to start now. <laughs> right. So, yeah, if we didn't have the internet, it'd be like 1980, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we posting flyers at the local library.
1: We really didn't. I mean, we grew up with the internet, but it was like AOL and dial-up, so we didn't have with the internet is now we didn't grow up. I'm sure you guys didn't either. You didn't grow up with no. any of that. Really? No.
0: We're probably the last generation, no right? Right. The last
2: generation, yeah, the last generation last... that remembers no internet,
1: no cell phones, you know, we were our kids drive, riding our bicycles around town. We didn't have no, no parent, you know, like think about that, like our parents had no idea what we were doing. Like we would get on our, on summer break, we'd get on our bicycle and we would take off and we'd be gone all day until dark. And my parents had no idea where we were. Yep. Could you imagine parents nowadays? Stay
2: outside until the street lights come <laughs> on.
1: Right. Then you better get
0: home. Yeah. It's like, uh, the Smithsonian, they had the whole section on, uh, it was all our childhood, my childhood. They had an <laughs> Atari and Nintendo, uh, you know, pay phone, a beeper, <laughs> and the next thing you know, they're going to put uh, like dot, dot, the dollar, like money before, you know, it, we're right. not, there's definitely no money around. I'm like, remember we used to pay for with a paper dollar.
1: <laughs> what is that?
0: Now I have a chip in my arm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know we, we use the internet to make a living. But I think like in back of my mind, that's always definitely in back of my mind of like trying to do less of that, um, like how to do less of that. And I think for me, I want to do it. I like doing seasonal stuff. Like I want to, not that I'll do, I picture myself doing less and less internet stuff, like less YouTube, um, as, as. As we, as through the, through the years, you know, as I get older and as I do different things, um, cause I've always felt like, like YouTube was just like a stepping stone to something else. Um, you know, like, I don't know what that is and I keep looking for it, <laughs> <laughs> but it might be one of those things where once you stop looking, it's going to be right there. You know, right. I don't know what that is, but yep. that's how I always felt. You know, I kind of, you know, after leaving the office job, you kind of, it's almost like you're, I try to latch on to things like, like what's, what's going to pay the bills. I need to, I need to do something, you know, and, and I think the internet came along and was work is working. Maybe, maybe it won't happen. Maybe something else won't come along, but, um, I, I think I'm always trying to be open-minded toward, towards that.
1: It'll be interesting. I think to see how it all morphs and changes over the years, I guess. Like the internet, like I don't always in the back of my mind, is what if you know, YouTube pulls the plug for monetization or something happens and you're not able to make uh, money anymore you know, just from YouTube. Then what do you do? I guess time would tell and you'd have to figure it out as you go. But I guess I don't, as long as that didn't happen, I don't see us ever getting off the internet. But I, I think it would definitely change like what we like the whole aspect of what we taught or what we showed, I should say. But or, I would hope it would change and kind of become more be able to show what we've done and show how to do more things as we grow in knowledge.
0: That's also one of those things where you know we started doing more hands-on workshops here, you know, the chicken butchering, the the, the woodworking building stuff, you know, of having people here like physically uh that's why we started doing more of that kind of thing but you know we let people know about the workshops through the internet you know so you're gonna it's not going away
2: start collecting people's addresses and start an old school newsletter yeah
1: old school i bet you that'd be popular you know people being like yes i get to read something in print again i can physically i don't like for me personally i don't like reading books that are on a Kindle or an ebook. No, like, I want to read. Like a, I like to have a paper book. Yeah, I like to have it in my hands. I like to be able to see it, feel it. I don't, I don't like reading, even like documents. I don't like reading documents on an email or it's like I'd rather print it off for some reason. I totally get that. Yeah. I, mean, I love audiobooks and podcasts. You know, if you're doing different things, it's nice to be able to listen to stuff. So you have Sorry. your chicken tractor building workshop coming up soon don't you
0: yeah that's on uh, october
1: 21st okay so a month ish away
0: yeah we have we sold half the tickets so only eight people so
1: and how many did you want to have or how many do you need to have to still have the class was it four You needed it was four tickets? at least
0: i wanted to have at least four so we're we made yeah. it so we're having the class
1: you have you bought all the supplies
0: no um no. not yet I you that. priced
1: it out to see how much it costs versus what it used to cost you to build one.
0: Oh, yeah, that it's uh, it come, it's gonna come out to about $400. That does not include like the chick lift or anything like that. Um, they're giving me a couple of chick lifts to give away during the class, so that's pretty cool. That'll be really cool. These things are uh, worth their weight. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna build some new chicken tractors this winter. I'm contemplating on what to build. Now, can you use 10-foot pieces of conduit? Is that the length of the conduit you use? Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, at least 10. The uh, I didn't
1: like the length,
2: so I just put some compression couplers and extended mine, get, made them 12 feet, so I could get my arches on those go. chicken tractors a little bit taller. Jason yep. got to see it, and that was the first thing he said. He goes, "Wow, you made them taller." And Just yeah. because I I don't like bending over.
1: Now the chick lift wheels do they drag pretty easily? Are they still? Yeah. you know, can you feel the weight of them? Oh,
2: oh my gosh, it makes such a difference. I can't hardly even drag those chicken tractors without those wheels popped up. As soon as you pop them up, it's like, oh man, I could do this all day.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, you don't That's have to cool. bend down either. I mean, you know, talking about getting old. You know, our last was that our last podcast we talked about getting old. Like with the chick lift, you don't have to bend down so. You know, you don't have to, because before you'd have to lift up the coupe kind of, you would kind of have to lift it up and then pop the wheels on. It's one of those things that makes you think like, man, I wish I would have thought of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so now does this a Skobovich design always have the wheels, like the ones that you put on? Or is that like something you added to yours, Jason?
0: No, his has always had the wheels that you put on.
1: I've always just dragged ours. It's just always been bored. So that kind of gets old after a while. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for the longest time in my videos people thought I did not have wheels. Because you really can't see them because they're really small in the back. So they used to think like you should put wheels on that, you know, they would comment. And I'm like, it does have wheels. Like I used to, I used to get that comment so many times.
1: How high does the chick lift pick it up? Are you just like an inch or two up the ground or is it higher than that when they're extended?
0: Maybe like 2 to 4 it's inches. It's just enough. I mean, it's not like if you yeah, if you're on Really high grass. Um, It's a little tough because the uh, it doesn't go that high. I mean, but it's still you can still do it. It's not it's not a huge problem, but but yeah, it only does it maybe a couple inches off the ground.
1: Now, how many chickens will one of those tractors hold?
0: What do you have, Ben, in yours currently? (laughs) What
2: do I have, or what am I what am I supposed to have? (laughs) <laughs> um, I think technically, um, according to the official numbers, I think like the most I could have in there is like, it's probably something lame, like 15, I've got 50 birds in each tractor yeah. right now. And like, there's plenty of room for yeah. them. They can move around. I move them a couple times a day. And I mean, I think what's funny is like, you know, I could I'll walk out there after we're done here with the podcast and. Every single chicken will be sitting on top of each other in a pile in one corner. So, yeah, I've got 50 in each yeah. each tractor, and they don't seem to be suffering. Um, I should probably build another one, but I'm really liking only having two tractors. Like, it's, it's really handy.
0: The most I'll do in mine is uh, 30. I've done 40 before and I felt 40 was too much. I mean, at first it, it's okay, but then, you know, as they get bigger, you could tell it's a little crowded. Uh, but I would say no more than 30, 25 is a good number. The, the bigger these birds are getting,
2: I, I, I would almost have to start moving three times a day. I think it's like two square feet per chicken. I made mine eight by six. Uh, they're pretty big. Um, If I make another one, I might make them a little bit narrower just so I can go more places. But so far we
1: haven't had any problems with the size. The ones we have now are six by six, kind of like a Joel Salatin style. And I think we we usually tend to do about thirty birds in each one, and we move them twice a day. And as long as you're moving them twice a day, we haven't had a problem. They don't like Ben was saying. You, they all stay right on top of each other, anyways. Like at least half of the coop isn't being used because they're all huddled up with each other anyways. So that's what I've noticed.
0: Yeah. Now I use them for the turkeys. I mean, I use them for everything, man. Like pigs. I move pigs in them. Turkeys. Quail.
1: How many do you have, Jason? Of the chicken tractors?
0: I have three. Actually, I have four. I inherited one from my neighbor, but it looks just like mine.
2: Don't you have like one from, uh, for your pigs? Isn't that another one?
0: Yeah. That's another one. It's yeah. It's not exactly like that, but it's similar. Yeah. I built one for the pigs too. No, actually I have one for my egg layers. <laughs> I think I have five. <laughs> I don't know. Chicken math.
1: Have you guys used any of the hide the roll away nesting boxes, for the eggs?
0: No, I haven't really messed with those. Actually, I, I bought one last year and it's still in its box.
1: We did one this spring and we have one in our mobile chicken tractor for the egg layers and it's awesome. You like it? Nice. Yeah.
0: No, I think it was pretty neat. I, I got, I got one. I was like, I'm gonna try one. I, I just have not put it together. Oh, I need to do that.
1: <laughs> yep. They, they take a little bit of time to build. That's for sure. It's like an Ikea cabinet almost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause I need to redo one of our egg, egg layer coops. um, Actually, it was it's a Suskovich-style chicken coop that I built like four years ago, and it's still going good, but it could be better. I, it's really just an emergency coop, you know? I, when we moved here, I didn't know I have no other coop when we moved in this new place, and so I just kind of put our chickens in there until I built something, but I, I do need to build something for them. I mean, it's okay, it works, but I want something nicer and, and just better. I think it's fun coming up with these topics. It can be a little challenging because we're like, man, you would think we would come up with topics like nothing, you know, like, <laughs> oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. But it, it's kind of hard, I think, to come up with a topic. Yeah. Um, but I think like Al, it'll just come to us. It'll just come to you.
1: <laughs> you got to write it down. If you don't, you'll forget it.
0: Yeah. Either that or my wife will come up with a topic. She's like, She's really good at coming up with topics. But... Uh, I appreciate everybody listening and watching this podcast. Thank you so much. Um, the YouTube channel keeps growing. We're getting close to 10,000 subscribers. So if you that, have not, wow. go uh, subscribe to our channel. Um, even if you just listen to us. I know there's a lot of you guys just listen to us too, but just real quick, go to YouTube, subscribe. <laughs> uh, it's free. Uh but I appreciate everyone uh, listening and watching. And thank you so much. And uh, we'll hope everyone has an awesome week. And we'll see you guys
1: next week. Thanks. Bye. See you guys.